God, God's word is good, uh, and God is good. And faith, you know, faith is something we're called to live by. Uh, you know, we're justified by faith. We're made right with God by faith. And, and this is the encouraging message that, uh, that we're saved. We're saved, not by our own works, because we couldn't work our way into heaven. Amen? None of us are good enough. None of us are, are perfect enough. Uh, but God provided. He sent his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him, whoever places their faith in him, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about faith over the course of the next four weeks. One area, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was uh, thinking this morning about, man, I'm, I, I was praying. I literally said, I'm going to get up there and lay an egg right there on the, uh, on the altar. And it reminded me of a story. There was, seriously, 20 years ago, there, there was a pastor who had, who had pastored for 20 years, and, and he, he looked inside of his wife's closet one day, and there was a shoebox with three eggs in it and a wad of cash. And he thought, what in the world is this? I had no idea my wife did this. So he confronted her on it, and she said, well, every time you preached, you laid an egg. I put an egg in the box. And he's thinking, 20 years, three eggs, that's pretty good. He says, what's the cash for? She said, when I got 12, I sold a dozen. <laughs> anyway... So, yeah. Um, you know, I want to say one more thing about faith, too. Uh, when it comes to faith in our life, one of the greatest areas, uh, our, our finance team is stepping out of faith right now as we look towards next year. And we create a budget, and we're saying, like, we, we're not exactly sure how the numbers are going to all line up. Uh, we're just going to trust that God's going to bring in the income, and he always does. Um, but one of the things I want to encourage you is if you've not made a decision to start giving, and I'm not talking about giving to Valley Point Church. I'm just saying being a giver. Giving is one of the actions of a disciple. Amen? And, and some of us get saved, but the, the last area of our, of our life to truly surrender is, is money because Jesus said you, you, you're going to struggle with that. You know, you can't serve both God and money. It takes a lot of faith to begin being obedient in this area of your life. And again, I'm not preaching on money today or any of the next four weeks, but I do want to touch on this uh, because it is a step of faith. And if you've been through our newcomers class, you've heard me talk about next step giving. And I just want to, again, challenge us as a church. And, I, and I'm saying this with all honesty in my heart. God has provided over the years people in this church who have written large checks with like lots of zeros on the end of it. So I'm not worried about the financial security of our church, but if all the people who write checks with large, with lots of zeros continue to write those checks to provide and, and a lot of us don't give, you're going to miss out on the blessing of trusting God with your finances. You are. And that's my heart is I want you to, I want you to know the joy of being able to give and, and to, to, to live your life open-handed. So here's the deal. The Bible says that each one gives as he's purposed in his heart. And I, I just want to encourage you to pray about taking the next step in your giving. Some of you have never given anything. You've, you don't give. Then you need to take the next step, which is to move from nothing to something. Okay? That's easy. Just whatever God puts on your heart, you start giving and make it a regular habit in your, in your life with the Lord is to start giving. And then some of you, you give something, you want to take the next step, and instead of it being maybe a convenient gift, make it a significant gift. Something that you want to do that, you want to attach it to a percentage of your income, uh, whatever that might be. 
and say, Lord, as you continue to bless me, I'm going to be faithful to give. And as God blesses you more, you're able to give more. And then for some of us, we need to take the next step and start being obedient in the area of tithing. The Bible speaks of the tithe. It's something that, uh, uh, that we see in the Old Testament. It's something we see in the New Testament. And, it, you know, it's hard. My wife and I, we started tithing when, when uh, <laughs> we were just making, like, minimum wage or just above it. And it, it takes a lot of faith to, to say, okay, Lord, everything we have is yours. We think this is what you've called us to do. We're going to give. And you give where the Lord tells you to give. Um, but God has always been faithful. Um, I'll bet I have 100 people in here who could stand up and say, since we learned to be give, givers, that you cannot give God. Amen? Um, and then for some of us, even that is, is there's a next step after that. And Jesus calls it sacrificial giving, uh, to give above your tithes and your offerings and to give, you know, uh, as, as the Lord puts on your heart, sacrificially. Uh, you think of, of what is it, the woman who uh, had nothing left but gave her last two cents to the Lord in that offering. I think it's in Mark chapter, I can't remember, my brain's like half gone. So anyway, uh, just want to encourage you when it comes to faith, this is really an area of faith where we have to step out in faith and say, okay, God's word says to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to do this. Um, what I want to talk about today is, is stepping out in faith in the area of praise. Now, we may not think of praise uh, as an area that we need to step out in faith in, but what does it mean to praise God? Well, through him, the Bible says, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of lips that give thanks to his name, that is, praise. To give God our praise, whether you feel like it or not. Have you ever woken up in the mornings and you're like, man, I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm just not feeling like the Holy Spirit's inside of me. Or you're, you're, you come to church and the song starts singing and you're like, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be hard. So you take that step of faith and you, and you step out and you begin praising God. Uh, the Bible says, let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Um, and there are so many places in the Bible that we see an example of people stepping out on faith and praising God. Um, again, can't think. I had some of these written down. But the one that jumps into my mind right now is uh, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. You might remember the story. They were beaten up for telling people about Jesus. And they got thrown into prison. And it's midnight, in prison, in chains. They're beaten up, and what do they do? They're singing songs, hymns, the Bible says. And the old people said, amen. They were probably singing, you know, hymns of praise to the Lord. And the power of God came and shook that jail and opened up all of the uh, prison bars and the people who were there stayed to see what God was going to do. The praise in faith just brought the power of God into that place. Well, what I want to do is look at a story in 2 Chronicles 20, one of my favorite stories about just stepping out of faith. Um, let me just set up the background here. This, this is... Uh, during the period of time where the nation of Israel was divided, so you had the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, all of the, God's people. And uh, this was one of the good kings, a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. Only about 20% of the kings of Israel and Judah were labeled as good in the sight of God. And uh, he was one that trusted the Lord. 
And he's going to face a crisis here. So let's go ahead and read about this. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. And here's what the Bible says. It says, It came about that after this, that the sons of Moab, the sons of Ammon, and the, and the Munites came together to make war against Jehoshaphat. Now, you don't have to know who the Moabites or the Ammonites and the, or the Meunites are, but what you can figure out is we're talking about three nations, three armies coming together to attack one army, Israel, Judah. By the way, that's happening today. Hezbollah, Iran, uh, Hamas, all coming together to fight against God's people. We're going to be talking about uh, Israel quite a bit after the first of the year as we focus our attention on the, on the return of Christ. Uh, I'm excited about that. I hope you'll come back as we, uh, as we look at that. Things are happening in the world around us right now. Amen? And it's, it's time that we get serious about our faith. If you haven't gotten serious, this would be a good time, okay? Let me get, let me get back to this. So Jehoshaphat's there. Three nations are coming together to make war. Verse 2 says, somebody came and reported Jehoshaphat and said, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, uh, that is, in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat's reaction was he was afraid, which you would be too. Amen? You're there. You're the king. You've got an army. You're living at peace. And all of a sudden, three enemy armies begin to form an alliance, and they're coming to attack you. Have you ever been in a situation where you just felt like you didn't know what to do? Maybe you were coming under spiritual attack. Maybe some situation happened in your life. Maybe you're going through it right now, and God has you here for this very purpose. And there's fear inside of you. I don't know what to do. I could lose everything. What if I'm not healed? What if I don't get a job? What if, what if? So what do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're under attack? What's the first thing you do? It should be. That's what Jehoshaphat did. Look at verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid and he turned his attention to Google. <laughs> it's not what it says. He turned his attention to form an alliance with Egypt and Israel to fight against the enemy that was coming in. He turned his attention to raise a lot of money so he could buy off the kings that were coming at him. Is that what it says? No. He turned his attention to the Lord. To seek. You know, I, we're guilty. Sometimes crisis or problems come into our life and we do everything we can to fix it. And then I hear Christians say this. Oh, well, I guess all we can do now is Pray. Right? You've said that too. I've said that. It shouldn't be the last thing that we do when everything else doesn't work. It should be the first thing. Amen? There's, a, there's an animal called a, a new, I think it's spelled G-N-U, a gnu. Yeah? I heard that when the gnu or the new is attacked, the first thing it does is drops to its knees to defend itself. That should be us. We should drop to our knees when we're under attack. Amen? So Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast among all Judah. So here's the king basically sending out the word to the entire nation saying, okay, nobody's eating any food. I mean, this is serious. Everyone, no food, no Krispy Kremes, no, just we are going to humble ourselves 
We're going to seek the Lord. You say, what is it about fasting? Well, the Bible speaks a lot about fasting, that when you're getting serious about coming before God and needing to hear a word from God and needing a miracle from God, uh, you know, needing to you humble yourself, the whole nation is fasting so that they can seek the Lord. And verse 4 says that all of Judah gathered together right there in the temple. They came from all the different cities. They're there. The king Jehoshaphat sends out the word. And then from verse 4 all the way down to verse 12, we see this wonderful prayer of the king that's basically crying out to God saying, God, we are in trouble. We need you. In fact, let me just read verse 12, which is the end of the prayer. Verse 12, he says, uh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless Before this great multitude coming against us. We're weak. We have no answers. We're we're completely powerless. And we don't even know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. I just love this. Just get this picture of the whole nation standing there saying, okay. In fact, the next verse says, Judah was standing before the Lord. Their infants, their wives, their children. It's like everyone's just standing there. Okay, God, our lives are in your hands. We're waiting. We're praying. We're fasting. We're seeking. We're surrendering. And they're waiting. We don't wait before the Lord very well. We don't do well with waiting. But it's something the Bible, those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. Amen? Maybe God has you in a season right now where he wants you to wait, and what you're trying to do is move. He's like, just slow, be still and know that I'm God. And they're waiting, and they're standing, and they're saying, we're powerless, we got nothing. And then all of a sudden, verse 14 tells us, in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came upon Jehaziel. You have no idea who Jehaziel is, do you? Neither do I. Because he's not the prophet, he's not the priest, he's listed as the son of so-and-so and the son of so-and-so and the son of so-and-so. It's just some guy. The Spirit of the Lord came on some guy. And here's what this guy said. Verse 15. Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, if if you defeat the enemy, then who gets the glory? You do. If you change your life, then who gets the glory? You do. But when there's something that's bigger than you can handle and you can't do it and you cry out to God and say, God, I can't do it, and you win, guess who gets the glory? Hello? Thank you very much. Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. The battle's not yours, it's God. So here's the command. Tomorrow, come on, in the name of Jesus. Here we go. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah 
and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. That's a pretty cool word. You're going to go out there, and you don't even have to fight. God's going to be with you. You're just going to stand and watch God do this. You say, that doesn't make any sense at all. That is not logical. No, it's God. And here's the response. When the Spirit of God speaks through this guy, Jehoshaphat, verse 18, the Bible says, he bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of the Lord fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So this is like corporate worship. Everybody is down on the ground, worshiping the Lord. And then verse 19 says that the Levites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. I don't see anything in the Bible that says, Praise the Lord with a whisper. <laughs> I mean, we're going to take a group of men to the hockey game this Friday night, and if the Chiefs score a goal, some of you are going to make no more noise in a hockey game than you do in church. Praise. You know, I love this because verse 18 says worship. Verse 19 says praise. Verse 18 says they bowed down in worship, and verse 19 says they stood up and they praised. If you want to know the difference, this is just, again, me. I think praise is that. Praise is up here, worship's down there. Praise is shouting and clapping and dancing and thanking, okay? And worship, the Bible says, come let us worship before, come let us kneel down before the Lord our maker. Come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. That's it. Praise, praise is what we do to come into the presence of God. Uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So you begin by praising. You, 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 you offer up the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips which give thanks to his name. Somebody said praise is, brings you into the presence of God. Uh, worship is what you do when you get there. Praise is a means of coming into God's presence. And so praise and worship go together. And it's not just singing, but by the way, uh, corporate singing, powerful things happen when we sing together, when we praise. We're doing more, church, than just singing songs. Uh, Psalm 22 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. I've seen people get healed in the middle of singing songs. In our church in Ocean Shores, there was a guy who was blind like in half of his left eye. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the worship service, the eye just opened up. I wasn't preaching. Nobody was laying hands on him. It was just the singing and the spirit, and he was physically healed. Some of you, I've heard people say to me, I don't like coming to church because every time the music starts, I start crying. You know what? God's doing something. That's healing. You may not understand it. But stuff happens when we gather together, when we praise, when we worship, when we sing. Anyway, we need to do that. So here he, here he is. They're bowing down. They're worshiping. They receive this as a message from God. They didn't think it was just some guy. You say, how do, they know? How do you know this was from God? Because they were fasting. They were waiting. They were praying. And the word of the Lord came, and they knew it was God's word. Now, the next morning, Jehoshaphat rises early. Everyone rises early. They go out in the wilderness, and the king says to them, Listen to me, O 
Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets. I want to encourage you. We need to encourage each other. Trust the Lord. Trust his word. And when he consulted with the people, (laughs) they decided to put the choir in front. Now, are you with me? Watch this. When he consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy time. They went out in front of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love is everlasting. Now, listen, I was in the military for many years. This is not a good military strategy. Let's sneak up on the enemy by putting the choir in front and praise our way into the battle. But that's exactly what they did. Now, there are some choir members I wouldn't mind putting up front if you know what I'm No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we're not talking about using the choir for fodder here either, you know. This is a step of faith. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not just going to show up. We're going to step out and praise God for this victory. And the choir's out in front leading the way as they march to this battle. Verse 22. <clears throat> and when they began singing and praising, the Bible says the Lord set an ambush against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. So these three armies are there. Two of them gang up on one, kill them. Then the two turn against each other and kill each other. Verse 24. When Judah came to the lookout in the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground and nobody had escaped. Let me translate that for you. They showed up for the battle and everybody was already dead. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil, verse 25, they found much among them, including goods, garments, valuable things for themselves, more than they could carry. And it took them three days to take the spoil back home. I got to grab some water here. I'm losing my voice. Excuse me. I brought a lot of things back from Uganda, including a cold. So, Thank you. And the next few verses go on to say that they, they named that place the place of blessing. They returned back to the Lord. They had a worship service. And then from that point forward, nobody would mess with the nation of Judah uh, because of what had happened. So um, literally, they praised their way to victory. Now, how does that apply to you and me this morning? Well, let me just give you a few things, and, and then we'll, what we're going to do is we're, rather than having our normal kind of slow response time where you come and pray, we'll have our prayer team up here, but we're actually going to have a couple of songs of worship and praise at the end. We want to we wanna respond today with singing and praising and worshiping the Lord. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith and do it, regardless of where you're at right now, regardless, you might be feeling like you're in a, in a jail cell at midnight. You might be feeling like you're being surrounded by an enemy. But here's what I want to show you. Number one, okay, we can step out and praise God at any time because of his promise. And I love this because the promise of God came to Jehoshaphat and the nation through this guy, Jehaziel. It was a word from the Lord that said, God's going to win the battle for you. 
And they started praising him. Now, they started praising him when? Before or after they saw the Lord defeat the enemy? Before. They hadn't seen God actually do anything, but they already started praising him and thanking him for it. Because they had the promise of God's word. Now, there's a lot of promises in this word. So many promises. And you and I need to learn how to start praising God for what he has promised in his word, even when we haven't seen it yet. For example, have any of you died yet and gone to heaven? Say no. But you already, if you're in Christ, possess eternal life. Amen? That's something you can praise God for. You can thank God. That the, you know, I talked about waking up and just not feeling it. Some, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit lives in me. And I, I don't feel it, but I know that he does because God's word promises it. Amen? So we step out in faith and we begin to offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And again, there are so many promises in this, in this book. Um, have you read the last chapter? We win. Amen? And you know, it's like, man, I don't, does it look like we're winning right now? It looks like the enemy's winning. Yeah, it does look like the enemy's winning. God's on the throne. He's still in control. There are so many things that we have to be thankful for, to praise him for. Step out in faith. And we can do that because of the promises of God, because of what Christ has already done for us, and because of God, what God's word promises. But notice this, not only because of the promises of God, but when you and I step out in faith, it helps bring the promises of God. Now, this, I caught this this time reading through. I hadn't seen this before. But in verse 22, it says that when they began singing and praising, that's when the Lord set the ambushes against them. In other words, Judah's way back wherever they're at. They put together the whole army and the choir out front, and they start singing. And the moment they start singing, over here, God starts working. So that by the time they show up, everyone's already defeated. But it happened when they stepped out on faith and began to thank God for the victory. Faith. How many times did Jesus praise people for faith? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He said about the, the centurion whose servant was healed. Never have I seen such faith in all Israel. The Syrophoenician woman whose, whose uh, daughter uh, had some demon. He said, be it done to you according to your faith. There are so many verses in the Bible that say that somehow our faith, our ability to step out of faith, bring the blessings of God and the promises of God and the answer to those prayers. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and it will be given to him, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. Now, again, don't twist this to say that if God doesn't answer your prayer, it's your fault. You didn't have enough faith. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But what I'm saying is we have to believe that God is good, you know, one of the cool things is I, when I go to Africa and things happen, they believe God for really big things over there. Isn't that right, Bob? I mean, Frank's got some prayers and things he's asking God for that kind of freak me out. Because they're not limited because they think God can do anything over there. 
They believe that God can heal because they've seen God heal. They've, they have testimonies of God healing. So no matter what happens in their lives, they're like, well, let's pray and ask God to do something. And they expect God to do it. You know, I, sometimes, I, I, you know, I don't know, I make a joke that if, if I ever got sick with cancer, there are some people I wouldn't want to ask to pray for because all they would do is pray for my wife to, when she becomes a widow. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they're not really expecting God to do anything. Step out in faith and praise the Lord. And now, now here's another thing I need to show you. This is so cool. Praise overcomes our enemies on the inside and the outside. So obviously, um, the praise that they had in the Lord helped them defeat this enemy here. The Bible, we, what, uh, Matt a couple weeks ago spoke on um, spiritual warfare. And we don't see praise listed specifically there, but did you know that in Psalm 149, it talks about praise being a sword, a weapon. And in Revelation chapter 12, when, when uh, Satan is cast down to earth during the tribulation period, it says they overcame him by the blood of the, of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. In other words, they gave praise to God. They overcame the enemy by their praise. And the enemies that we overcome are both on the outside and the inside. Because, listen, he was, he was struggling another battle. Jehoshua was afraid. You ever struggle with fear? You ever struggle with anxiety, negativity, depression, critical attitudes, uh, down in the dumps, whatever it might be? You know, when we start praising God, something happens. You know, when, when you just wake up in the morning and say, okay, I am so afraid right now. I don't know why. I just have this anxiety. And you turn to the Lord and you bring out God's word and you start reading scripture. You put on some worship music, you know, 104.9, classic hymns, whatever it is, your, your, your jam. But you start praising. There's power in praise. And that praise can overcome the external enemy who's trying to attack you. And that praise can overcome the internal enemy, right? The attitudes, stinking thinking. Have you ever had that? Yep. I get stinking thinking a lot. Uh, DRAs, dirty, rotten attitudes, you know. And, and just get my head in that right place where I'm like, okay, Father, thank you this morning. And you just start praising him, and, and the praise overcomes the enemy. But we have to step out in faith and praise him regardless of your circumstances. You say, I got nothing to praise God for right now. That's not true. You do. But you've got to take that step of faith and do it. And then finally, the last thing I want to share this morning is when we step out in faith, authentic faith, and we proclaim our worship, our praise to God, it impacts people around us who don't know Christ. Um, in this case, because of their praise, enemies who hadn't heard about God, heard about God and didn't mess with the people of God anymore, but think of the, the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and people began to hear them speak in tongues, what were they speaking? They were speaking the mighty deeds of God. They were speaking forth the praises of God. I remember a guy who, uh, uh, his testimony was that he, he came into a uh, church service one time. And he saw all these people standing up and passionately singing. 
And he had no idea of what they were singing or who they were singing to. And it was one of those old churches where the pastor, like, stood up on the front, you know. And so he started listening to the words of the song, and, and the people were saying, I love you. And he thought, this is a love song. Who are they singing to? And then he, they're singing to the pastor. This church really loves their pastor. That's what he thought. And then it dawned on him as the song went on that they weren't singing to their pastor. They were singing to God. And it just overwhelmed him that these people were so passionately in love with God that they would sing these vibrant, passionate songs of praise to the Lord. See, when our worship, when we can open up our mouths and say, God is good, praise the Lord, Jesus loves you, whatever it is, you know, it, it's, we're testifying you know, Jesus said, you shall, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my what? Witnesses. What is a witness? If you're called into court, we need you to come into court. Have you seen anything? No. Get out of here. If you haven't seen anything, you can't testify. Right? But if you've seen something, you've got something to say. If you've seen something, if you've heard something. And if we can't testify about God, then maybe our God's not real. That's what the world says. See, when you, can, you and I can offer up the sacrifice of praise, don't let the world around you tell you you need to be quiet about Jesus. Oh, I'm not allowed to talk about Jesus at my work. You can talk to him. You can talk to your other Christian friend about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning, and my encouragement this morning is whatever this battle is that you're facing, whatever it is that is going on, uh, send the choir out front, okay? Praise your way to victory. Begin, begin to claim and believe in the promises of God, that you can step out in faith, and that your praise will bring the, you know, what is it? This is how I fight my battles, right? With praise as my weapon. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, and uh, I just want to take some time to, to challenge us as a church. Let's just bring our hearts before the Lord.